0: This is the Mulligans Podcast show number four. I am your host Hayden Wright along with my co-host Austin Cole and today we have special guest Mr. Doug Spence. Doug
1: how's it going? Good guys how are y'all doing?
0: Great man. Great, great. man. Glad you're on the show. Uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, so what part of California are you in? I live in San Diego. Oh nice okay so how's the weather there now? I heard it was supposed to get up to 100 this
1: week. It is. Yeah, it is actually warming up. Uh, it's been pretty nice. But uh, yeah, I think the highs in San Diego, even when it's supposed to get hot, it stays pretty warm. But it, you know, as soon as you get, you know, 20, 30 minutes east, it's like triple digits. So triple we're digits. expecting a heat wave like next week here. So, man, I thought I thought it was
0: also always supposed to be super sunny and <laughs> nice in California. But I learned this week that it gets really, really hot. Yeah, it but, does. Uh, interesting. Well, Without any further ado, let's just go ahead and get into today's show. So, uh, Doug, if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your background, your story, what you're doing. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, sure thing. Um, Originally from Houston, Texas, did undergrad at Baylor University, graduated in 2007, and then uh, went to Navy OCS in 2009, commissioned uh, in June of 2009, then went to Pensacola for flight school there for two years. Then moved to Lemoore, California for a year for some more training, then moved to Japan for three years, then back to Pensacola for an instructor wow. tour. And now I'm in San Diego. I moved to San Diego in, at the end of 2018 and we'll be moving. My wife and I will be moving to Virginia Beach most likely later this year for our next, okay. our next tour. So, My right. brother
2: lives out there, uh, well, Norfolk area, so
1: yeah. Yeah, that's where we're moving. Uh, North I think North everybody North. lives out there in the Navy. It's a huge <laughs> Navy town. So nice. Oh, okay. yeah. so, so, what is your what is your job in the Navy? So my background is uh, Super Hornet Backseater, so Weapons Systems Officer in the uh, F-18 Super Hornet, and that's what I did until 2015, and then I did the Flight Instructor tour uh, in Pensacola for three years, and now I'm working with um, NSW here in. in in San Diego and then go back to, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to be doing next. To be honest, I haven't gotten orders, but uh, probably go back to flying later this year. So nice. Okay. So you, you've done a couple different things. So, so um, I
0: guess how, how does real estate tie into this? I know that you, you seem to be traveling all over the country and you know, even out of the country. So kind of, how did you get started in real estate? How did it work out if you're constantly moving? It's kind of hard to learn a market. If you're if you're not in one place you know
1: for a decent amount of time, so how do you yes. how do you go about that? Military folks have like a you know unique you know story usually, and you know moving around, and I I think that that gives people an advantage uh, you know as opposed to a disadvantage. But um, bought my first property back in October of 2016 in Pensacola, and I didn't really know much about real estate at the time. I had just started listening to Bigger Pockets, and I was renting a house there in Pensacola for 1500 bucks a month and coming from Japan where I live, that was like a bargain. (laughs) And after I was living in that home for about a year, I realized that I could buy a house in the same neighborhood that's newer, more updated and larger. And the mortgage payment was only 1100 a month. And I was like, (laughs) that was the extent of my analysis, you know? And, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Like, so I did a conventional, I didn't do the VA. I did a conventional loan. Um, bought that property with the intent of renting it out. I thought I'd be able to rent it for about 1500. So I was like, okay, that's 400. That's, Mm -hmm. that seems pretty good. Ended up being able to rent it for 1950. When I moved away from Pensacola, I also did um, Airbnb uh, for a summer on that, on that house as well. And it worked well. Um, But I've been renting that home to uh, long-term tenants ever since uh, the fall of 2018. And it's gone like surprisingly well, I just kind of mm-hmm. lucked into that one, um, but that's been going well. I self-manage that property. That's the only one I self-manage, uh, and then, so that's the Pensacola one. And then around the same time frame, I started learning more about real estate, listening to Bigger Pockets, listening to mm-hmm. people, and I listened to a podcast um, with Stu Grazier, who owns uh, or co-owns Storehouse Three Hundred and Ten. Uh, Ventures, it was a turnkey company. Uh, They operate out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And he was talking about, you know, military folks investing in real estate and how you can, you don't have to be in the same, you don't have to live where you invest and all that. And I ended up buying a property from them in Milwaukee, just a turnkey. And then a couple months later, they were like, Hey, we got another property. Do you want it? And I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. So I bought two from them within a span of about six months. Wow. And without ever setting foot in the state of Wisconsin <laughs> and which is like terrifying to a lot of people, but uh, it's worked out well. I bought a third property from them last December. So I have three in, in Milwaukee there. And then the other property I have, so the one in Pensacola, three in Milwaukee, and then uh, there's a duplex in Oklahoma city that I just finished up the first burr. Uh, I, f- I did a burr on that property and finished it up just a couple of weeks ago. And so now I'm focusing on Oklahoma city and Tulsa as my markets and in, in doing burrs, so I kind of transitioned from turnkey uh, to burrs. So. Nice. Okay, so that's, playing the, on, that's kind of where Austin's heading out in yeah.
0: the next week or so is Oklahoma City. I don't know if you've mentioned that to him, but that's kind of cool. Um, it's a good town. Yeah, yeah. So, what is what is your motivation behind investing there?
1: So I. Um, you know, my, my original plan, when I started buying turnkey, I was like, Oh, this is great. Like I'll just buy one or two of these a year. I'm pretty frugal. So I save up, I'm able to save up money to you know, to do the conventional loans, just pay the down payment. Uh, but then I, I realized that where I wanted to be from a cash flow perspective and like actually, you know, ret- being able to retire if I wanted to, I wasn't going to hit that goal by just buying turnkey, you know, one to two per year. So that's when I was like, okay, I need to step up my game a bit. Uh, so had a chat with uh, someone in the the real estate mastermind that, that I'm in it's focused on military folks and um, he's the one who the conversation we had inspired me to start doing my own birds. so then I was like okay where am I gonna do it and I started you know looking at markets all over the country you know the, a lot a lot of Midwest a lot of southeast you know that's where you can get good cash flow numbers and mm-hmm. properties that aren't crazy expensive right. and I ended up deciding on Oklahoma City because it's a landlord friendly state uh, they invest and have been for the last two or three decades, a lot of money into their local infrastructure, which attracts a lot of businesses. They have business friendly tax policies and the barrier to entry from like a price perspective. Isn't bad. Cause you know, a home, you know, a fixer upper home in San Diego is going to be like 500 grand. Right. Yeah. And, but you can buy homes in you know the the middle of the country in the Midwest, Southeast markets like that for, you know, Anywhere from 50 to 100,000. And so you can get these cash flowing properties at a much reasonable price. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also the I like the diverse economy of Oklahoma City. It's a big enough town. You know, there's a couple of military bases there. The FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, has a big presence there. Uh, oil is big there, but it's not oil used to be the only show yeah. in town you know for for oklahoma but they've recognized that the, that that is a weakness of, of a town is you know being reliant on one industry so they've mm-hmm. done a lot of um development to attract other businesses and so it's a more diverse economy so that's another thing i like about it is diverse economy so uh yeah that's the, that's how i decided on oklahoma city then i've also kind of started looking at tulsa as well for a lot of the same reasons so Awesome.
2: And are you planning on selling your other properties and just focus, bringing all your money and assets into Oklahoma city or keeping everything?
1: No, no. I'm just gonna, you know, my, my whole thing with real estate is uh, you know, it's, it's a Mm long-term, it's a long-term commitment, long-term thing. Uh, I like the quote. I can't remember who said it it might be David Osborne, but uh, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait Mm -hmm. because it's those, you know, owning real estate over a long period of time is really how, people can build wealth, you know, even folks in the military. So, uh, you know, it's that long-term uh, mortgage pay down and the, yeah. the appreciation and, you know, the rents go up, but the the mortgage, you know, the principal and interest payments generally mm-hmm. stay the same. So uh, there's a lot of advantage in, in holding long-term. So plan on keeping those properties for, for a while longer, at least five more years, maybe longer, depending on how they do. And just kind of focus on uh, Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Nice. Okay. And, So you started, let's kind of walk this back a little bit, you started investing in real estate in 2018? Uh, Yeah, I guess you could say that's like when I started it, you know, really investing in it. That first Pensacola house was 2016, but I was living in it, so it doesn't really, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't really count as much. But yeah, uh, really buying properties for the purpose of, you know, them being investment properties was towards the end of 2018. Yeah. Nice.
0: Okay. So 2016, 2018, you started, you got the one out in Pensacola. And right. the two in Milwaukee, three, in Milwaukee, three in Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. And then the, the duplex in Oklahoma city. Yes, sir. Okay. Nice. Wow. So that's, you know, quite a few houses in such a short amount of time. Um, the first few, you kind of mentioned that you, you've been, you've sort of a saver. Um, is that how you financed the first, um, uh, five properties, the, the Milwaukee, the Pensacola, uh,
1: just sort of the 20% down kind of. Yeah. Message? So, yeah've I've always been uh frugal been a good saver um you know pretty pretty good with with uh you know not pretty good at just like living beneath my means right mm-hmm. right and so the first four properties the Pensacola and all three in Milwaukee all purchased on conventional mortgages so uh, just twenty percent down now the Milwaukee homes the purchase price of those was only about a hundred thousand so we're not talking like crazy expensive properties sure, yeah. here and then the Oklahoma City one uh, purchased that. Um, using private money, so I have a private money lender, and okay. she funded the purchase price and most of the rehab, and I gave her a you know ten percent uh, interest rate on on her money. So, um, you know that's how you scale is using other people's money, providing value to them in a you know a good interest rate, and then you can you can you know recycle that capital a lot faster than waiting saving up for you know saving up another thirty yeah. grand and then. And then doing it. So using other people's money via private lending or hard money, I think is a a, a good way to to grow. Nice. Okay, so if you had to restart today, um, would you go with
0: the 20% down the conventional method? Or would you now that you have a burr under your belt, would you start
1: looking at that more heavily and and go with that? So if I was fresh out of OCS, uh, I would, I think the the best way military folks can build wealth in real estate is buying a four-unit uh property on the VA loan because you can get that no money down, you can live in one and rent out the others. And you know, in most markets, the rent you're you're getting from those three other ones, you are gonna pay most or all of your own, you know, living expenses, right? So those three other ones would cover the mortgage, most likely. I, th- I think that's the best way to to build wealth. And if I could go back and do it differently, you know, back when I was 24 moving to Pensacola, I would have, I think I'd find a, you know, a two to four unit property mm-hmm. and and buy it on the VA loan and just rent it out. Nice. So you haven't you, used the VA loan yet. So we have not yet used the VA loan. So the only one I could have used it for is the Pensacola one, but mm-hmm. I, my thought process at the time was, uh, you know, I, I, the home was 198000 and I had the, the 20% down mm-hmm. uh, payment. And so my thought was, why don't I s- save the VA loan for if I move somewhere that's more expensive, uh, you know, like a San Diego or something yeah. like that. Uh, that way I have that as an option still. Um, so have not used the VA loan, but we are planning to use the VA loan yeah. when we move to Virginia. Virginia. Beach, so Nice.
0: Okay. So now with uh, the Pensacola property, you said that you did airbnb for a summer and now that seems that seems glorious to a lot of people the whole strategy of you know buying houses across the nation and and beautiful touristy places and having a free place to stay and something that pays for it uh throughout the year when you're not there what was what was your kind of take on it because i noticed that you said it was only for a summer so yeah um, i can't imagine it was too great
1: well i it was it was good um I, I'm glad I did it. I learned a lot. I managed it myself. Um, one thing to keep in mind, the, 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 you can definitely make more money doing short-term rentals as opposed to long-term, but it is a lot more work. And right. you, you, know, the, you as the owner or landlord, yeah. you either have to do all that work or you got to pay someone to do it. And the, the companies that do the Airbnb management, they charge a lot more than your standard long-term, uh, you know, long-term rental property management. That's usually around 10%. I've heard anywhere from 20 to 40%. For the short-term rental management, so, wow. uh, but it, it was a great experience. I, I I did I did a ton of research. Like I stocked it. I installed locks, you know, Wi-Fi locks where I could change the code depending on the guest check-in and check-out. I, I played with the, uh, you know, the, the the rates depending on availability and how mm-hmm. booked up the area was. So I, I learned a lot about it, and it was good. It was definitely profitable, but I didn't have a person there in Pensacola that I felt I could rely on to, to do the property management side of it and and I was moving to um, California so I was like hey this is probably going to be a lot easier to just find some long-term tenants and I also didn't know what the short-term rental market would be like after the summertime in Pensacola because it's a big vacation oh. spot but you know November December are people still doing airbnbs there I didn't know and so I thought why don't I just go with the Less lucrative but more Mm -hmm. stable thing of long-term tenants, and and I don't regret doing that because I, those first tenants, the rent was 1950, and they were great tenants and took care of the place and it wasn't very much work for me, and it was still pretty. Mm I think that property did that first year; it was a 20% cash on cash return for that, that Pensacola house. So, I don't think I'd do it differently going back, but I'm I'm glad I. Glad I did Airbnb, but I'm also glad I, I found long-term tenants too. Yeah. So how do you go about uh,
2: managing the property uh, literally across the nation uh, when things, if something went wrong or something like yeah. you know, different times. You said zones. you
1: self-manage that one, right? Yeah. I still self-manage it. Um, the key to self-managing properties is having um, fantastic tenants because mm-hmm. if you have great tenants it's, it's easy. If you're a great tenants and you have a, a home that doesn't ha- have a lot of work that, that needs on it, that's in good shape, then it's, it's very easy. Um, however, if you're in a place like, like my tenants in Milwaukee, it's kind of a C plus neighborhood mm-hmm. and it's tough, like those tenants are tougher to manage. They don't take as good at care of the homes and all that. Mm-hmm. So, um, not that they I haven't had issues with like lots of damage, but just little things. Um, and I wouldn't want to do that from a distance, but with my tenants in Pensacola that I've had, it's, you know, they tell me, hey, the, you know, the the dishwasher isn't working. Okay, get a handyman over there, look at it. Handyman says, you need a dishwasher. Okay, call Home Depot. They're going to deliver it. And I just coordinate, it. I'm just a coordinator, basically. Yeah. I just, you know, the, having some plumbing issues. Okay, I call Roto-Rooter. Hey, my tenant is having issues. Here's the address. Will you call the tenant and work out a time to go over? And call me back, send me the bill and I'll give you my credit cards. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it. It's that easy. Um, so it's just having systems in place to, it's not even really systems. It's just knowing who to call, yeah. you know, if there's problems. And I can just get on the Facebook group and ask for, hey, I'm looking for a handyman or, or whatever. So th- there are a lot of tools out there that can help with people self-managing from, from long distance, but it's definitely not scalable. I wouldn't do it if I had five properties in Pensacola, you know, but I I do it on that one because I've always had good tenants. It's a, it's a great property in a great neighborhood that attracts high quality tenants. Mm -hmm. So that makes it easier.
0: So now you would say that the property management, whether to get it or not would depend
1: on the area and the type of tenants that you'd expect to get in there. Yeah. And I, I do think there is value if someone has their first property and they Maybe they live in the same location. I would self manage just so you can learn more about the tenant screening process and how to be a how to be a good landlord and, and all that stuff. I do think there's a lot of value in that. But if someone has aspirations of more than just one or two properties, then you're gonna have to hire property management at some point because otherwise it's not scalable. You know, if someone has 20 properties and they're self-managing, like that's that's a full-time job if you're self-managing right. that many properties. So, you know, do you wanna be a you know, a landlord, a property owner, a real estate investor, or do you want to be a property manager, you know? Right. So it just yeah. depends on your goals and it depends on your comfort level. And um, yeah, but yeah, also the neighborhood itself, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's right. easier to manage, you know, an A class, you know, house in an A neighborhood, those are going to be easier tenants than a, than a C class. So.
0: Right. And now that's interesting that you bring that up because uh, my parents even owned, had had four rental properties at one point and, I think all of their family and friends had them at some point in time. And when you talk to them, I told them all, I'm very interested in real estate investing. They all brought up the fact that none of those worked out, that they had bad tenants, that there was, uh, you know, they had all of it came back to either they didn't screen the tenants properly or they should have had property management in place. Exactly. So I think I think starting out, um, that's big um, to, you know, maybe get your feet wet with it. But also if you're trying to make this something, Bigger after you have that your feet wet, um, moving into a property management. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And so you have the duplex in T- Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma City area is also property management, correct? Correct. And you're yep. using that mastermind to sort of network and find good property
1: managers in the areas. So I found that property management company through Bigger Pockets. I've okay. I have found most team you know members of my team. Uh, for for Oklahoma, all on bigger pockets. It's a great place to network. It's a great place to connect with you know like minded individuals uh, in in the area you're looking to invest. And there's a lot of people looking to connect with with others. So it's a it's a great that's a great community. Also, people don't think about um, like local Facebook groups like Oklahoma City real estate. Facebook groups, like there's tons of them out there. And I, whatever market, you know, anyone is looking at, I guarantee you there's Facebook groups there and there's people that are looking to connect with other people. Good way to find contractors, lenders, all kinds of stuff like that.
0: Nice. Okay. So now you have all these properties here. What is sort of your, um, your long-term goals?
1: So my long-term goal is to be able to replace uh, both my W2 income and my wife's W2 income with real estate by the time I retire from the Navy, which is uh, I'm at just over twelve years now. So eight more years until twenty. So the goal is to replace our W two income, and I don't know exactly what the W two income is going to be, but I just kind of put the number at like twenty thousand as like a you know regular number. So that's that's our goal is twenty thousand passive per month profit um, in eight years.
0: So that's awesome. So now, how are you working on this? Is there Do you have the plan to buy two properties each year or or how are you, like, are you going to stick with the the single family? You're going to dabble more in um, the Airbnb kind of thing. Um,
1: How are you working towards that? So right now I'm focusing on one to four unit properties in Oklahoma. That's where I've shifted my focus. Mm -hmm. Uh, My goal at the beginning of the year was to buy eight properties in 2021 and I'm at one right now so you know given this super hot market and it's just that's the toughest part right now is finding the deals like there's people that want to lend money like that's there the contractors are there yeah like some the contracting stuff is kind of weird with COVID now because of the price of lumber and the whole global supply chain stuff but I mean the, the toughest part is finding the deal so that's the biggest limiting factor right now and why I'm I could still hit eight for this year, but um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're halfway through and it's I'm um, I'm behind schedule. But, <laughs> but that's the goal is to you know just keep acquiring properties. Nice. So, nice. So
2: what, what are you doing to find these properties? Uh, like what what's your method? Go to method.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So I realized pretty early on um, when I started looking for um, to put the team together in Oklahoma City. I was like, oh, I found property manager. Cool. They have, uh, you know, a network of contractors. Great. Got a real estate agent. Great. Got a lender who's, you know, who can find, mm-hmm. you know, uh, cash out refis, you know, for, for for me to to do once I'm done with the BERT. And then I realized pretty quickly that there were no deals. And you know, even getting on wholesalers' lists, like they were marking it up too much to for the numbers to make sense. And so I realized very early on that I had to build my own deal funnel. So. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's taken a long time, but I've uh, done a combination of cold calling um, SMS and hi- I've hired a couple of different virtual assistants. I've gone back to doing it myself. And now I've gone back to uh, hiring a team of virtual assistants. So what I'm doing right now is I hire a team of, of VAs in the Philippines and they do SMS and cold calling. And mm-hmm. um, they do, they send out 250 SMS per day during the week, and then they follow up with cold calling and all that. And then whenever they get a someone who is interested in selling at a price that makes sense, i.e., not these estimate price online, you know, because I can't, I'm not paying full retail for these. So um, then they send that lead to me, and then I send the lead to the people I have on the ground. So like, you know, the real estate agents there, and then they'll they'll follow up and go look at the property and all that. So. Nice. That's how I'm finding leads. Now it's getting, it's still really tough, but I have gotten much um, more and high quality leads through that method than just MLS or wholesaling. Cause anything on the MLS right now, is like way overpriced for my strategy. So oh, yeah. yeah. So now are you uh,
0: like buying a a, a lead? Um, what's the word I'm thinking of um, a, a list of uh, leads from like um Right, a website? Or are you, are you searching this up yourself and then giving them to the VAs or how's that going? Yeah.
1: So I use PropStream. PropStream okay. is, a, is a great tool. It's, it's expensive. It's a hundred bucks a month, uh, to have access to it, but, um, it's a great way to pull lists of mm-hmm. possible sellers. So I'll look at a certain area of, you know, Oklahoma city or Tulsa, and I put in the, you know, my metrics. So I'm looking for one to four unit, um, Minimum fifty percent equity, minimum five years of ownership, maximum square footage, maximum estimated, you know, like whatever, whatever the the criteria uh, are for, for for that particular list. And then I, I pull that list from PropStream, it 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 spits it out in a CSV file, and then I send it to the VAs. They get it skip traced. So skip trace is where they will look at the address and using like um, Public records, uh, various other methods that I don't even know. They <laughs> they they find the the owner's um, phone number, and then that gets uploaded into a CRM called REI Reply, and then they send SMS and cold calling. Um, they send M- SMS messages and, and cold call the the owners to see if anyone is interested in selling. So
0: nice. Okay, so I've I've used PropStream as well, and I, I have that that uh, I have it now. Um, but it is expensive, kind of like you mentioned, and I know the v a s aren 't cheap either yeah. so i've kind of gotten away from it because of you know had a lot of things going on. me and my wife just bought a house we just got married nice so, yeah thanks thanks um but a lot of things've gone gone on to where i haven't been cold calling or pulling lists as much as I used to be so now moving into an a moving into a house, having all these expenses put on me um what would you recommend? For somebody in my shoes, would you would you say that this is still an expense um, worth making each month uh, to have? Because I've I've looked into the VAs as well, and I know that adds up. I think that that's the best way to do it because I, I look at my my day and I just don't have the time for it. Um, so I've I've thought it's definitely worth it. Um, just not sure if it's if it makes sense
1: right now. What what would you be your advice? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's whenever you have an encounter, a problem like that in, in business, it's, it's who, not how, right. Don't think how, how can I do this? It's like, who can, who can do this better than I can. okay um, And and I think that it is worth the money. You know, I've, I've done both. I've done it myself. I've spent the time, you know, woken up early before work, run a couple of lists, you know, send some SMS and all that. And I think it is worth the money because if you're trying to build a business, like you're not going to be doing you can't do everything yourself like you can't be doing the bookkeeping the accounting all that stuff so think about what your personal highest and best purpose is for your business it's probably not cold calling right Right. it's not the best use of your time so uh, and it is expensive so uh, but one way that i help cover that expense is i have these wholesalers and agents and i send them leads and if the lead works for my strategy Great, we'll look into getting it under contract and do it as a burr. But just because it doesn't work for me, if the if you know if the numbers don't work or I don't like the location or whatever, that doesn't mean it won't work for someone else. So they have lists of of uh, potential buyers and they will send that that property out. And if you know, I, then I'll get like a finder's fee. Uh, that that happened for the first time. It's only happened once, but it's gonna, <laughs> you know it's going to happen more. So they, uh, one of my agent buddies, um, he and his. Uh, Partners were like, "Hey, we're gonna flip this house. So the the lead that you sent us, we're gonna flip it. Uh, are you cool if we just send you five grand for for finding the lead?" I was like, "Yeah, sounds good." <laughs> so, so that's the thing. It's like using these leads. You know, it's not just oh that doesn't work for me. I don't want it. You can you can. There's ways to make money off yeah. of the leads, and that you know the burrs don't really the burrs don't pay the bills. That's the long term wealth. You know, I'm not right. gonna. I can't pay for these VAs with you know the couple hundred bucks I'm getting a month from these properties, mm-hmm. but I can, if I'm doing even just one of these a month, a lead that pays off like that, then that's paying, that's paying for my marketing. So, you know, you can't look at it as like, oh, it's, you know, cause I pay, it's a thousand bucks a month just for the VAs. And then, wow. you know, you got mm-hmm. the prop stream is a hundred bucks a month and then it costs money to skip trace all the, all those leads and all that. So yeah. it's probably it like, yeah, and you from probably 13 to 1400 a month, I would guess. And but if I get one deal like that a month, yeah, where I get five grand, I've paid for a couple of months now. So it makes sense, yeah.
2: Even so, if you get one every other month and you're still yeah, still them.
0: at that point. Yep. So it sounds like you kind of went through a couple of VAs and then went back to doing it yourself. Uh what is the key to finding good VAs?
1: That's a good question too. I've I've only gone through so the first one was just she was just cold calling and okay. she just, it was expensive and I can't remember how much I paid, but it was, it was not. She was not bringing in enough leads to justify the cost, mm-hmm. and so that's when I shifted to a company called REI Reply it did just do SMS. That's Max Maxwell's company, correct? I don't know if he owns it. I don't think okay. so. I thought maybe he's just an affiliate for it, but I, I see yeah. that he, he's pushing he it. Right now, but Our, but yeah. REI Reply is great. It's only fifty bucks a month, uh, and it's like unlimited. I mean, you, you pay. For like each text message through like Twilio, who is what they use for like mm-hmm. their cold calling and all that. But to use our reply, it's only 50 bucks a month and that's like unlimited. So, and you you prefer that over like batch leads? So batch leads, I, I have only used batch leads for skip tracing. I haven't used them for anything else. So I can't speak to them, but um and I was doing REI Reply on my own. I was getting leads. That lead that I got that I ended up making some money on, that was one that I had. I, I wasn't using a VA for that at that time. But then I was like, man, I can't, you know, what's what's my highest and best purpose? It's not sitting here doing, you yeah. know, doing these SMS every morning. So I, I just went on the, the the Facebook group, or I think I emailed like the owner of REI Reply or, or like the main operator of it. And I was like, hey, do you know of anyone that does... Um, VA, any VAs that specialize in RER, RER apply. And she sent me a ladies info and they're like, yep, we have all our, all our team specializes in RER apply. And I was like, perfect. This is what I want. And they just, they just run it. So nice. great, And, and I basically I have it set up to where I give them lists from PropStream, Like, Hey, this is the area I want you to look at. They do all the skip tracing and all that. And then they just send me, they email me leads and then I can copy paste that, send it to my agent so nice so after a lead that's getting sent to you they've already been texted and phone called
0: correct a couple of times okay and now how many vas do you have
1: that are in the philippines so it's a there's a team and and i usually will just work with uh one on a daily okay. basis so there's the, mm-hmm. the there's the one that i uh work with and there's like a manager and who like makes sure he's doing everything right. And one thing I like about this company is that they do um, at the end of the day, he, he gives me KPI, you know, key performance indicators. of what He did that day. So he tells me how many messages he sent, what the reply rate was failed rate, all that stuff, what he's working on for the next day. And then he gives me, you know, the next morning he'll say, Hey, here's what I'm working on today. And then once a week he gives, makes a PowerPoint. It gives me like a little brief of like all the stuff. So it's like, It's great. Like it's exactly, you know, me as like a military dude, like I want to to know, you know, I want to know what you're doing, you know, and it also validates what they're, what I'm paying them for. Cause otherwise it's like, how do you know they're working? But if he's giving me all this stuff of like, yeah, here's the people I contacted, here's, then it's like, great. You know, that's, that's what I want to see. He's doing a lot for you. Yeah. Yeah. And what company is that? It's called Virtus, V-I-R-T-U-S, V-A. Awesome, Nice. And if you guys or anyone else wants to, um, you know, connect with them, I can, I can connect to you guys to them or, or chat more about it with anyone. Yeah, uh, they, that's they've great. Been, they've been great to work with so far. So, yes. And so now do you have them working
0: uh, five days a week?
1: Yeah, I have them on the part-time plan, which is it's five days a week. They do 250 messages. And then I think it's like, I can't remember the times they work per week. I think it's four hours a day. So they'll do... Mm-hmm they'll send out a message, they'll reply to anyone, you know, that is interested uh, and then they'll do cold calling for, you know, anyone that um, maybe they haven't replied yet, they'll call that number. Or if there were some missed calls from the day before, then they'll call those people back uh, and all that. And they manage the whole pipeline too. So if there's someone, if they get a response from someone that's like, Hey, I might, uh, I'm not interested in selling right now, but maybe in a couple of months they put them in a pipeline where it automatically oh, follows up with them. Yeah, it, it, that's what's cool about REI replies. You can put them; they just a t- put a little tag on that person. It'll automatically send them a, a follow up message, like however many months later. That's like, hey, just check and see if you're interested. You know, so it's all automated like that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So
2: I know you you've kind of talked about. We can kind of shift back a little bit, but uh, you mentioned some of the minor mistakes you did. What's What's the biggest mistake you've you've made thus far in your your journey?
1: So I've been pretty lucky. I haven't had that, you know, you hear people in bigger pockets that, you know, the contractor ran off with like 30 grand and all that stuff. Like yeah. I, I really haven't had that massive failure. Um, I've been pretty lucky with the properties I've had so far, but um, you know, I, I have had to to fire people and, mo- and move on and, and, and uh, find different folks. So for example, the, the Milwaukee, uh, the first property management company up in Milwaukee was just not, they weren't doing as good of a job as I wanted them to do. Their accounting was, was messy. Uh, they weren't communicating quickly. Uh, you know, sometimes it would take days for them to respond to an email I sent uh, little things. Like uh, I was much more involved, you know, being the real estate person that I am, I, they would send me like a, you know, an itemized bill and it would, you know, i look at it. and It was like, they'd be charging me for like snow removal for a, a property. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure because I read the lease, Like, I'm pretty sure the tenant's responsible for that. So I go in and look, double check. Oh yeah, tenant responsible for snow removal. So I send them an email like, hey, you guys charged me $37 for snow removal. Oh yeah, sorry, Well, take. And that happened multiple times. I'm just like, Hmm. this is not, you're not doing a great job. So um, found a different company and they've been much, much better. And that's the company that the, storehouse the 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 turnkey company up there they they use a different company now for property management they are fantastic they're like Mm -hmm. they're so great but if i had just kept a lot of people are uncomfortable like firing people but like i'm so glad i did you know because now (laughs) i have this great company they're doing an awesome job like they're cheaper actually and they they do great work so you know it's hire slowly fire quickly i think is a good Mantra to live by when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, uh, to answer your question, Austin, I really haven't had any huge failures yet, which probably means I'm not um, (laughs) not trying hard enough, not being risky enough with my stuff. But um, fortunate to haven't had any big failures yet. But I think I think I think that's largely in part because you seem pretty
0: pretty methodical, pretty well thought out when you're when you're making decisions. Um, So I think you're thinking it through. So I'm I'm sure that has a large part to play in it. Um, So you mentioned that your goal to buy eight for this year, what is, what is kind of your next step? What do you, how will you know
1: that you're on the right track? Like, you know, I, I, it's, uh, at, at, yeah, at the beginning of the year, I thought, you know, okay, eight properties this year. And then, you know, I just finished that first burr and everyone's like, Oh, great. You know, nice job. Like great job. Like the burr, like it was success. And, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's great. But I'm behind, like I'm, I'm behind, well behind my goal. So it's hard right. for me to think of it as like, Oh, nice job me for doing that. <laughs> but what I think is I'm well behind, you know? So, um, but yeah, as far as like long-term goals, I think it's just setting big goals, attainable, but big, you know, something that challenges you and then just yeah. following up with those goals, like, you know, look, looking at them every quarter, refreshing uh, yourself on the goals and all that. And um, I think that's a big part of it. And, and then, you know, reassessing your goals, because, you know, your goals, it could be that I want something different, you know, 20, 30 years from now, depending on my wife and I and family and all that. So um, you don't always have to stick with a long term goal, if it doesn't make sense for, for your life anymore. So,
0: mm-hmm. right, like the goals I made at the beginning of this year, this is a good point. Uh, you know, they've, they've changed several times. Uh, so I, I try to kind of reassess them every 90 days, just to stay on track. And some of them weren't as realistic as I thought they'd be. So, um, and that's a good point too, because if you have these big giant goals that you're um, you set at the beginning of the year, and then they turn out to be uh, you're falling short, you're going to feel not so great about taking a large step. So it just kind of discredits everything you just did to work for that. So I think reassessing is a great
1: idea. Uh, But uh, I'm leaving tomorrow for another work trip to um, Wisconsin. Not Milwaukee. <laughs> I have I have driven to Milwaukee while I'm because we do work trips all over the place, and uh, Oklahoma City and Wisconsin are, are ones that we do a couple times a year. So, um, but I'm actually not even planning to go to to Milwaukee uh, while I'm there. We're gonna be in Madison all next weekend. But um, this is for the Navy. Yep. Oh wow. So that kind of kind of works out well.
2: What base are y'all going to in Oklahoma? Uh,
1: we well, so we stay downtown, but we uh, go to it's Will Rogers. It's, it's the, there's a guard base that's okay. attached to uh, the international airport there. So we work with uh, some AFSOC units there and then sometimes we'll go over to Tinker Air Force Base as well. Okay. Yeah. Usually we're working with the AFSOC units um, out of Will Rogers international guard base. So, so we, we go up there next weekend.
2: So I start on the 21st. So next, not this Monday, but next Monday, uh advance
1: oh yeah uh, and then my wife
2: yeah <laughs> lovely enid beautiful <laughs> it, it wasn't as bad as we thought it wasn't we showed up there and i was expecting a very tiny town but there was like you know name brand stores there so it wasn't yeah. it wasn't as bad it, it's a little big town i think
1: yes yeah. no I, I have buddies that uh navy guys that did uh their primary flight school there, they had a good time. There was yeah. like some bar that they all went to. And they, they, they yeah, had, no,
2: we, we went to the bar already. Probably the one, or one bar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's
1: cheap beer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like Oklahoma though. I think it's a great. I think it's a great state. Good people. Uh, it's pretty. It's prettier than it. you know. It has like rolling hills and stuff. Yeah. Like it's 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 pretty. You know, it's not a it's not a dump. Not like um, like New Mexico. Like there's some yeah. canaan Air Force Base in New Mexico. Like God, that is. Man, yeah. You seems like you've been pretty fortunate. Pensacola, San Diego, That's Virginia. Next. Life, man. Yeah. Man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. We, well, I mean, you... I, I won't go there, but you know, we have good bait. I mean, there's, there's Hawaii, there's Jacksonville, Rota, Spain. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of good Navy spots. We'll let the army and air force keep the middle <laughs> <country> <laughs> stuff. Uh, the command I, I went to from Pensacola was SEAL Team 3. So Mm -hmm. I went to uh, check into SEAL Team 3 back in December of 2018. And I was there for two years, deployed with them to Iraq from September of 2019 to March of last year. And then now I'm at Navy Special Warfare Group 1, which is the 06 level command above all the West Coast SEAL teams. So I run Mm -hmm. the JTAC program for the the SEALs on the West Coast. And that's why we do all these traveling. So I, I... this will be like my thirteenth or fourteenth work trip in the last year. Uh just traveling. We go to Boise, we go to Vegas, we go Oklahoma City, Wisconsin, North Carolina, like we go all over the place to work mm-hmm. with aircraft. So because we can't do it in San Diego. So yeah. yeah. So nice.
2: So wait, what is your butcher plan whenever you have to deploy next? Uh because you obviously
1: self manage these property or that one property out there. So when I was deployed in Iraq, my mom managed the property. Okay and I had good flight school tenants and I think there was only one problem the whole time I was out there and it was a dishwasher and they had to get, they just bought a new dishwasher and mm-hmm. had it delivered out there. Like that was, that was it. Uh, like literally the whole time I was deployed, yeah. like that was the only problem. So, I mean, if you have good tenants and a good property, yeah. it's, you know, it's doable. So, so
2: you're trying to keep uh flight, uh, Navy people in the house. Or... So
1: th- that was the plan, but I had to, um, um, my tenants moved out like a month or two ago and so i got some new tenants so they're not navy but it's like a family you know three kids mm-hmm. the the husband works for navy federal there they're they're really good tenants yeah. um but yeah raised the rent up the rent's like 2100 now like that house has been just printing money for the last few years like it's been great i got really lucky with that
0: one so ultimate goal is financial freedom in the next 8 years uh, what are you looking for to, to elevate that and just kind of pick that up and make that go faster?
1: So, and, and that's why I started doing the birds. That's why I started Honor and Equity, which is the, you know, the blog and the the social media page. And, you know, I was inspired to, to do that from the folks in my mastermind group. And we, you know, with that page, it's really like two pronged. There's like the education side of it. So there's the whole you know, educating military members, veterans, and their family members on real estate and investing, and then there's also the business side of it. So I have an honor and equity LLC, and that's how I, you know, purchase properties in in mm-hmm. Oklahoma City and Tulsa. So there's the the two pillars of that whole of that whole thing. And then I think the you know the way forward with that is just continuing to to network with people, continuing to challenge myself, and and try to you know do bigger, do more things, and uh, I, I think a, a huge part of that is the networking piece. So I think a lot of people, when they think about, net, uh, you know, real estate, they think it's more about numbers and the numbers are important. You know, you have to be able to analyze properties. You got to make, Hey, does it make money? Like, does it flow? Yeah. What's it going to appraise for all that stuff, but more important than that stuff is the people, the networking and all that. So um, I've been fortunate enough to, to be surrounded by some pretty awesome folks that are willing to help out a lot, a lot of other people. Uh, you know, in in the war room mastermind group, and then so I'm just trying to help other people out as best I can. Uh, people starting their journey, which is a big reason why I started Honor and Equity. So, um, always happy to you know connect with with new people. I think that's how Austin and I yeah uh, got connected. And just I, you know, you hate seeing those military folks that are straight out of boot camp or out of service academy or whatever, and they're buying uh, you know the Mustang for. 20 and they're just making, <laughs> you know, they're living paycheck to paycheck. And it's like, right. man, you have all these, you know, just live, just save a little bit, mm-hmm. live beneath your means, get that VA loan on like a rental property. As long as it makes sense, you know, don't just buy to buy, but, um, you know, learn a little bit about real estate and personal finance and stuff. And you, you can really, um, accelerate your growth and accelerate your wealth. Um, you know, th- while having a military career, people don't associate, you know, wealth building with people in the military, but it's, it's very possible. Yeah.
0: Nice. That's awesome, man. So uh, real quick, I'm kind of wrapping up here. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your Saturday morning, uh, but what is honor and equity?
1: So honor and equity is a website and social media page that I started um, last year to just help people learn more about real estate investing. It's geared towards military folks. And I just wanted to document my journey, share what I've learned um, to just help other, you know, other military folks on along their journey. I started writing posts based off of like questions people were asking. So like, I have an article that's like how I built a deal funnel, why I decided to invest in Oklahoma City, like all that stuff. So there's probably I don't know what I'm up, maybe 15 or so articles now um, on there. So definitely, you know, send those articles to folks and um, yeah, anyone. I don't know if anyone reads blogs anymore, but it, it's oh, I there. do all the time. Yeah, yeah okay. I do. Good, good. Yeah. The, the successful people, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just got two new, two new readers, subscribers, yeah. whatever it is. Don't worry. Nice. I was already. Yeah, you got
1: one more. So I was, <laughs> I was already reading them. Oh, were nice. you really? Uh, it's at Honor and Equity on Instagram and www.honorandequity.com and you know, send me a message on on Instagram or shoot me an email, Doug at Honor and dot com and yeah, happy to chat with anyone. I'm also pretty active on Bigger Pockets. I love getting yeah. on there and chatting with people about all kinds of stuff. So really, just trying to provide value to others. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's what everyone should be trying to do in the you know real estate space. And I think it's pretty cool how how many people are are good about that. Just trying to help out others along the way, just like they were helped out by people. You know, right? Yeah. The, I think it. it's
0: it's very obvious when someone has good intentions and is legitimately trying to help yeah. you. I think it's, it's awesome when people have pure intentions and it, it, it's very transparent, you know, when, when they're like, Oh, how can I help you? But you know, I expect something in the future. So um, that's great. So Doug, I uh, appreciate you being on the show. Um, you gave us a bunch of great things to think about.
1: Uh, um, we hope you enjoyed the rest of your Saturday. Yeah, man. Thanks Hayden. Thanks Austin. Thanks for yeah. having me on guys. A lot of yeah, fun. Man. Hope Thank to you. keep with you,
0: up with you in the future and uh, have you on another day. Yeah, sounds great, guys. That was a great show with Doug Spence, a very genuine guy, a military man that could have used the excuse of moving around all the time to not invest in real estate, but saw the opportunity and has uh, seized it full force. I mean, he's invested across the U.S. and has not taken the excuse of, um, I'm not going to be there, so I can't learn a market. I don't have connections there because he's clearly... He's invested several times out of state to where he doesn't know anybody and has made it work. He brought up some great point about VAs, um, how to build a good, strong VA team and how to find these leads and how to justify spending so much on those VAs and on, on that deal finding. I mean, that, that those were my major takeaways. Austin, what about you?
2: Yeah, he I, I definitely took benefits that he uh, had learned in the military uh, through officer candidate school and uh, in his time in the Navy and uh, used that in his uh, real estate means and his way to network with people, uh, meeting new people. He didn't know anybody in the uh, real estate business uh, and just started out and started out meeting his people, building his team. He now has a whole team running out in Oklahoma, uh, and he's been there only a few times, and most of them were work trips. Uh, and it was cool that he uh, invested out in Wisconsin and has never even been there yeah, I mean- uh, other than work trip.
0: Yeah, I mean literally he, he could have made excuses out of everything he yeah. said, but he didn't even he didn't even mention that in the show and he, he turned it into to something that makes him money, right? So I mean it was a great show. I definitely learned a lot from him. Excited to hear what he has to say in the future.
2: Oh, for sure. And uh make sure you go follow him on Instagram and check out his blog. It's uh it's some good stuff, not knowledgeable stuff. What was it uh, equity I, I, and honor? Yeah. Honor and equity, honor and honor. equity backwards honor
0: and equity.com check out the blog check out his instagram give him a follow uh he's got great content on there austin's already dive into it but i'll dive into it more uh right as soon as we get off of here also make sure to give us a follow on the uh the instagram page the tiktok and our youtube all underscore or what is it austin at mulligans
2: at mulligans underscore underscore and that is on
0: instagram perfect awesome Well, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh,
2: this is Hayden Wright. And this is Austin Cole. Signing off.